We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, it is mailbag time. So we have some questions here. We have a couple super chats coming up that we will start with. But if you know, right now, I will try to get to more questions that are added. But right now, we are um, we are going to get to what I do have, and I'll try to start some more if they go. A couple little uh, start off with just a couple people that have given little testimonials. Uh, the macaque too was hesitant at first to join the board, but I've been a member for a year now and it's hundred percent worth it. Great content and interaction with fellow IB members. Thank you for that. And then Andre Tonsil said, yes, yes. IB boards are the best. Thank you guys very, very much for that. Let's get into the mailbag. And also something I'm also going to be doing a lot more this year is I'm going to start doing um, a midweek mailbag on the board only, where I'm going to post like, Hey, you know, early, I'll try doing it on like Wednesdays, but I may post it earlier in a week. Hey, here's a mailbag, ask questions, and just the rest of the week, I'll just answer all, all questions on the board, and it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've been I've done it at times in the past, but never consistently, and I'm going to try to start doing it consistently sort of with the midweek mailbag moving forward. I have a super chat from Raymond Harden. Thank you, Raymond. Happy Tuesday, IB Nation. Hope Ryan is feeling better. Thank you guys for all the hard work. I hope he's feeling better too, and I hope little Rain is also feeling better. So, um, yeah, so definitely hope we get Ryan back here very soon from being under the weather. Tom Connor with a super chat. Thank you. Or super sticker. Thank you, Tom, very, very much. Even though you apparently did not enjoy uh, the, the show today, you have been around for a while and I do very much appreciate your support. You don't have to like all of them, man. It's all good. I still love you and I still appreciate all your support and everything you've done uh, in your support of Irish Breakdown. Very, very much appreciate that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, Brandon McHale, Deuce liked Ole Miss posts and changed Instagram profile pic to a pic of him holding his Ole Miss offer. Should we be worried? Brandon, I'm going to have the same answer to this that I always have. I just – two, and, and it's, it's a twofold answer. Number one, I don't care what guys do on social media. I don't – I just I just don't care. I just don't get into that. You know, oh, he – you know, Kingston Villamasa took down his Notre Dame commitment post and – and, and, you know, it, it's, he's like an Ohio state post and okay. If he flips, he flips. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I don't, I just don't really care anymore to be honest with you about following things that way. You know, I, I just don't, I mean, you look at his Instagram page, it's still a bunch of Notre Dame stuff on there. So he added an old Miss thing. Okay. Maybe he thinks the photos are sweet. If he starts taking visits, I'll get worried, but I just, I, should you be worried about what a recruit does? No, never, ever. You should never be worried about it. If he flips, don't get somebody else. You know, I don't want him to flip. I think Deuce is an excellent player. I think he's a great leader. And all I can tell you is kids are committing to Notre Dame right now because of Deuce Knight. So do you want to, do you want your emotions to be based off Deuce's actions, which right now are only visiting Notre Dame? He's going to be back this weekend. He's going to sit down with Mike Dembrock. He's recruiting players to join him at Notre Dame. He's tweeting about, like he's tweeting about guys joining Notre Dame, but you're worried about him liking Ole Miss posts or something like that. Like, I mean, I get, I get, I just don't care what he likes or whatever. I know his actions are he's recruiting kids to join him in Notre Dame. He's only visiting Notre Dame. If he starts taking other visits, okay, whatever. It is what it is. But if he if he makes that choice, he makes that choice. I, I'm not worried about it. If he if he does it, you can go find another quarterback. I hope they don't ever have to get there. I just don't care. I mean, this 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 whole process, and this is where players, the way that recruiting is, is like they got to be careful because it gets to the point where if this stuff just keeps going down, and this isn't about Deuce because I, I have no reason to be worried about Duke, Deuce, none, because his actions tell me he's a kid that's fully committed to their name. If his actions change, okay, we'll, we'll address it. But it, it just it's getting to be such a business where people just are stopping stopping caring about recruiting as much as they used to which then hurts these kids because if people don't care about recruiting, like whatever, let me know when they sign. 
then there's not the same engagement and all this other kind of stuff. I just don't care, Brandon. And I don't, Braden, and I don't, I don't mean any disrespect to you. I don't, I mean, if you want to be concerned about those things, buddy, it's a free country still as of now. Um, you know, maybe that changes someday soon. Who knows? But as of right now, it's you can worry about whatever you want to worry about. It's all good, man. I'm I'm not coming down on you. It's just I just don't care. And there's been kids who changed their Instagram profile pic to whatever else, and and it didn't mean a hill of beans, right? Kingston gets rid of his Notre Dame commitment post, and it didn't mean a thing. Other guys, it does mean something. I just I don't care. I mean. He, He's either going to sign with Notre Dame or he's in, and there's not a dang thing I can do. There's not an ounce of worry that I can have. There's not a single story I can write or anything like this to me that is going to change his mind. There's no worry that you can have that's going to make him change his mind. It is what it is. And so if you have no control over it, it's not something you should be worried about. That's just my opinion. But I do not believe Deuce Knight is afraid of competition. I don't think he's worried about portal guys or any of that stuff because he's going to have competition and portal guys wherever he goes. If he's like, well, I don't want to go to Notre Dame because they take portal quarterbacks. Guess who starts at Ole Miss right now? A portal quarterback. Their last two quarterbacks, I believe, for uh, for uh, what's-his-face. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. Lane Kiffin. I believe his last two starting quarterbacks at Ole Miss were all transfers. Now, again, one of them he didn't land. But Jackson Dart transferred from USC, and Matt Corral transferred from USC. So those are all guys that transferred from somewhere else. Or actually, he de- maybe he decommitted late. But Jackson Dart's going to be a three-year star this year. He's a portal guy. Lincoln Riley's had his success with portal guys. So uh, Lane Kiffin's had success with portal guys. I mean, where's he going to look that, that – like, honestly, what team in major college football right now has not had a portal quarterback in recent years? Uh, Georgia. They, they, I mean, you could count Stetson Bennett from a JUCO, but he started at Georgia. And, you know, Alabama, right? I mean, they want to tile in 15 with a portal quarterback. Okay, they, they're losing to teams with portal quarterbacks. I mean, Michigan's had multiple court portal quarterbacks start for them. Obviously, the kid from Iowa, you had Willie Korn. Uh, not Willie Korn, uh, um What's the kid's name? O'Corn from from Houston. He went there. Uh, USC's had portal quarterbacks. Ole Miss has had portal quarterbacks. Uh, Florida's had portal quarterbacks. LSU's had portal quarterbacks. Oklahoma's had portal quarterbacks. I mean, where are you going to go that that Ohio State's had portal quarterbacks? Justin Fields was a portal guy. I mean, Tennessee's had portal quarterbacks, right? Hendon Hooker was a portal quarterback. Joe Milton was a portal quarterback. Josh Heupel's only ever played portal quarterback so far. I think when Nico started in the bowl game was the first time Josh Heupel has played a non-transfer quarterback at Tennessee, right? So that's it. Clemson, Clemson hasn't, but where's where's Clemson going, right? Boom. So, oh, and I forgot Shea Patterson is another one for Michigan. Shea Patterson is another portal guy that they had. So everybody right now is using portal quarterbacks. I mean, so if, if a kid's afraid of if a kid's afraid of having to compete against a portal quarterback, then he, his options are going to be very very limited. And if you if you know Deuce Knight at all, you know that Deuce is not at all concerned about competition. Why would he have committed to Notre Dame? Forget portal quarterbacks. Why would he have committed to Notre Dame with Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr already there if he was afraid of competition? He wouldn't have. He's a smart kid. So if he if he flips, he flips. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And not me. The only thing me or anyone in this chat can do is make it worse by sending him DMs, 
tweeting negative things at him and all this other kind of stuff that you can't help the situation at all. That's up for the coaches to do and the other players. But, but right now Deuce is not, if the only thing Deuce has done is change his profile pick and bring, put a, put a post on Instagram, that is not at all something that we should be worried about. If he takes a visit somewhere. Okay. Then we can be concerned. If he stops engaging with, with Notre Dame commits and uncommitted players, then be concerned. What he does on social media to me is irrelevant because I can find examples in both directions of kids that do things like that and they don't flip or even think about flipping and kids that do things like that that do just, it's not something I'm going to worry about. It just doesn't just, and so I appreciate the question. I know you sent me a DM earlier. I just haven't had a chance to get back to it. I just, to me, it's just not something that I really care about on it. And for me, if I didn't need social media for my job, I would not have it. That's how little I care about what people do on social media. I just don't care. I really don't. Next question. And again, Brandon, Braden, I do thank you for your super chat. Next question is from Go Irish Nate. Will the offense look anything like LSU's did last year, considering Riley Leonard is dual threat like Jane Daniels, who has the better arm talent between the Riley Leonard and Jane Daniels? Well, I mean, that's that's a little debatable. J- Riley Leonard has been a quarterback for a year and a half. Jaden Daniels this past year, this was his fifth year as a starting quarterback. So, so obviously he has a lot more experience. As far as arm talent, I mean, it's comparable. It's comp. I think Jaden is a more experienced player. I think he, you know, especially this year as a fifth-year guy, I mean, he went through his progressions pretty well and, and kind of knew where, th- where to go when things broke down. Arm strength, similar. I think Jaden may, may be a touch stronger arm than Riley. And, and so will it look like LSU's, though? Uh, no, I don't think it'll look like LSU's because I think this team will be a much better running the football to the running backs offense. I don't think they're going to require Riley Leonard to run the way that Jaden Daniels did. Cause the reality is, I mean, Jaden ran for a, over a thousand yards this year. Cause he had to, I mean, if he didn't run for a thousand yards this year in 10 touchdowns, their offense would not have not have been as good as it was. I mean, their, their other three running backs average 5.5, 5.2 and 4.9 yards per carry five. Point three, and and so you know, not not great on limited carries. You know Notre Dame's as I said before was at six point four, and when you look at some of their their better games of production, I mean they were, you know, not against great teams, and and so to me that part alone to me changes things a little bit for you know how they're going to be. Logan Diggs last year was at five point five yards per carry. He went for seven point seven against Grambling. You know, he went for 6.9 against Arkansas's terrible defense. Other than that, he, he was okay, but but that's it. Uh, you know, so it's the same thing for like Noah Kane. You know, again, one carry for 20 yards against Georgia State, and he was only 4.9 for the entire season. So, you know, those are those are um, you know, th- those are the things you you um you look at and say, boy, he's gonna get a lot better supporting cast in the run game at Notre Dame than he than than Jaden Daniels got at LSU. But that's because he needed it. He had to. They didn't have the running back room. I mean, they got some decent players, and and you guys know I like Logan Diggs as a player, but they're going to be a lot more explosive this year, a lot deeper at running back this year. I think the offensive line is going to be a little better run blockers this year. So you'll use Riley Leonard as a weapon in the run game, but not the way that they did at LSU, where he just had to – I mean, he had he had really good also big outside receivers, but he because of how bad their defense was, they had to do things at LSU this year that I don't think that you'll do at Notre Dame. Like, I don't know that Mike Denbrock would necessarily want to work at the pace 
that he did at LSU this past season. But they did that because you had to. I mean, you ha- you had to be that kind of team. You had to be a team that was always looking to to hit a home run. You always you were looking to a team that was was going to do different things because you had to because your defense was so bad. That, that that's going to be a little different at Notre Dame because he's going to have a way better defense than he had at LSU. So I think it'll look different. There's going to be certain principles, Nate, that that carry over, uh, certain schemes that'll carry over, but just the overall emphasis of how they use the quarterback and, and how they attacked is going to be different. And, and I don't know that they're going to throw quite as many just pure like jump ball, go, go ball type of things because they had Malik neighbors and Brian Thomas. And I don't know that Notre Dame has that kind of talent on the outside in my view. So I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a little bit different, but the, the overall, and, and if you look at what he did at Cincinnati, it was different than what he did at LSU and what he did and different from what he did in Notre Dame. As I said earlier, they were, there were principles that went kind of like in, in each offense that kind of carried over between each offense, but they were how like how they got to the, how they carried out those principles were different based on the the uniqueness of the skill players. So th- th- those are things that I look at for that question. We have a super chat, a couple of super chats popped up or one popped up. Todd Brammy four. How do you like the fit for each Notre Dame transfer um, uh, chosen destination uh, transfer out chosen destination? And how would you rank them? I'm not going to rank them, but I will talk about it. I think that's a good question uh, as far as what these guys are doing. So let me pull up the portal comings and goings. Uh, So uh, Chris Tyree to Virginia. I I like that because the way that they use their slot, Chris is going to have to be used in ways that, that I think his game needs to grow. Can he, can he get to that point in time? We'll find out. But if he wants to be a, you know, if he wants to be a a division like a, an NFL wide receiver, he's going to have to grow in those areas and in that slot. I mean, the slot they had last year didn't he have like a hundred catches, something crazy like that? The Malik Washington kid. Let me look up his numbers. Like he had insane numbers this year, and he was their slot guy. He had 110 catches for 1,426 yards and nine touchdowns, and that's kind of the role that Chris is going to be stepping into for them. And so I, I think, and, and it's he's back to home. He's a high academic kid, so he gets to get a master's degree from Virginia, which is going to be good. Tobias Merriweather at Cal, I think that's a good fit for them. They like they like vertical outside guys that can stretch the field. You know, I think obviously Cal brings some of that. Braylon James to TCU, I think it's a really good fit. You know, again, you look at what they did with the the Quentin Johnson kid last year, just a you know raw but vertical guy, speed guy. That's what Braylon brings to the table. I like that fit. Rico to, to UCLA, I think it's a good fit too. They're going to be a running football team. He's going to be playing against Big Ten talent all year, which is going to be subpar. You know, he's a tough kid, good run blocker, move the chains kind of player that I that I think Rico, I would imagine Rico moves inside at UCLA, which will fit his skill set better. So I think that's a good pickup as well. Holden stays to Tennessee, good pickup for them. I think I think the way they use a tight end, uh, he gives them some things maybe they, they haven't had as much of. I like that pickup. Zeke Crow to NC State, I mean, it's fine. No issue there. Not out of TCU. That's more geographical than anything. That's a nice pickup. Aiden County, Ana going to Cal. It's a really good pickup. I like that a lot. Uh, I, I think he fits in really well with what with what they will do. They they need a big, you know, kind of a plugger up the middle. Guy that can eat up space. I think that's going to be good for him. Uh, Nolan Ziegler to Central Michigan. I mean, I just – look, I don't really care what the kid does on the football field. I just want the kid to get his head right and just get his life back on track. That's all I really care about. And, uh, you know, but he's – Talking about playing both ways, and you know that's a place where I think his skill. I mean, he'll be one of the most talented players on their team. 
Ryan Barnes going to UMass. I don't know enough about their defense, but I like that he's going to that level, give him a chance to play. So I, I think there's a lot of good fits there. Not all of them are great fits. I mean, some of them are just like, okay, whatever. Um, but I think a lot of the kids picked a place that that really fits. Like all the offensive kids I thought made a – like all the offensive skill kids I think are not one of them that I'm like, dude, why are you going there? You don't fit that offense at all. Like I remember when Malik Zaire transferred to Florida, I was like, Malik, no, man, please, no. Uh, I just thought there were – and he'll tell you that now too. There, there were other places that I thought he fit better. I said last year Tyler Buckner going to Bama was a terrible decision. I did not understand Drew Pine going to, to, to Arizona State. I was okay if Tyler wanted to transfer, but I just thought there were better fits scheme-wise. I mean, I thought Stanford would have been a much better fit for him for how he plays. I didn't understand how he fit into the Bama. I mean, he, did, he didn't fit into what Tommy Reese wanted to do. Tommy did a good job of, of using Tyler in the bowl game, but he didn't use Tyler that way during the regular season as, as much as he should have. So I just – I thought the fits this year are, are a lot better than they were last year for these portal kids. And that's good for them. It's very good for them, in my opinion. Let's get back up to the top. Iden Banami with a question. Thank you, Iden. Uh, when, why, when we talk about Joe Rudolph, we never talk about his time at Virginia Tech, only at Wisconsin, because he's only at Virginia Tech for a year. It was a new coaching staff. It was a, a unit that didn't have a lot of talent. I just, it's kind of like, it would, the only way to me to really, the only the only positive, and he wasn't even there a full year, as far as like he was there for a full season, but not a full year, like really a full year. The only reason to bring up his time at Virginia Tech would be if I was looking to bash on him. Like if I don't think he did a good job at Notre Dame, I'd be like, I'm gonna ignore all the stuff he did at Wisconsin and Pitt, and I'm just gonna focus on that one year at Virginia Tech when he had a, a roster with very limited talent at his position or everywhere else, and he didn't have a lot of time to really instill what he wanted to do, I'm going to use that to really drag him down and kick him and and say he's not good enough because he's not Coach Eastan or he's not the guy that I wanted or whatever. That would be the only reason for me to bring that up. I just don't think it's really relevant to the conversation. It doesn't trump anything he did at at West at, um, at, at Pitt, Wisconsin. It doesn't trump what he did at Pitt. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't even give proper context to how last year went for Notre Dame. Notre Dame had a much better, I mean, they 19 points to 39 points, you know, and and I think at times he had a role in that, at times he didn't. But look, I thought he did a solid job this year. That's it, solid job. Didn't, wasn't bad, wasn't great, did a solid job. Next year he needs to do better than solid. And and so I, I just don't think being at a place for a year and it looks different than what you did everywhere else really does a whole lot for you. Sometimes you can be in a place for a year and it's like, well, it gives you really good context. But in his case, I don't think it does. I think it was a very unique situation that doesn't really add any value to who he is or what he does or who he is as a coach. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adam Blair, what do coaches usually do when they visit high schools? Are they allowed to talk to kids or just coaches and teachers? Just coaches and teachers, they cannot talk to kids. And I think I think the only thing you can do is like if if you walk by, I think you can say hi, but you can't have any like conversation with them. You can't do anything like that. You can do like a a, a bump, they call it. That's it. You can't do anything like that um, with them. It's it's to talk to high school coaches and it's to talk to guidance counselors and i mean in it depending on who the kid is and, and and where you are in your evaluation of him a lot of times you, you'll talk to the lunch lady you'll talk to janitors hey do you know this kid oh yeah 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 i know that kid man he's so nice he's so he's nice every time he comes in for the cafeteria he's always says hi he says yes ma'am he's a great kid or yeah the kid's a jerk he's always yelling at people he's that i mean you that's when you really learn a lot about a kid and i and to me i i think that's especially at some positions like quarterback i want to talk to everybody at a kid's high school. I want to talk to the janitor. I want to talk to the, the, the people in the cafeteria. I want to talk to teachers he, he has. I want to talk to the teacher that gave him his lowest grade. I want to talk to guidance counselors. I want to talk to other students that aren't his friends. Just, hey, random student, come here real quick. Do you know so-and-so? Yeah, I know him. What kind of guy is he, right? I mean, those are all things that I think are important because the character piece is so important for certain positions, but especially quarterback. I would go even above, above and beyond in those things. But you can't sit down with that kid and talk to him. You can watch film with the coaches and do all. Now, I do believe if kids are working out, I do believe when it's an open period, and I and I think we're in an open period now, you can watch them work out. You just can't engage with them. You can't interact with them. And you can't, like, I mean, it, you know, the, the workout can be for you if you want, but it's, it's you're, you're not able to, like, coordinate and do workouts and things like that. Iden says, guys who leave don't play football for however long and come. Uh, Davis Andrews, key is brother. I could be wrong and might be missing something as well. I think you're talking about um, the mission guys. I, I, I don't um, – I will never understand for the life of me why we're dealing with kids going on missions, not trying to be rude, uh, but I just don't understand it. We're a top program and we're recruiting. Um, I, I don't have an issue with it. I mean – BYU Utah has kids like that all the time. They're really good players. I don't, I don't, I don't really see it being an issue. If you're if you're bringing a kid in, you think he can play for you, and you think he's a good player, then why not bring him in? I don't think Josiah Kia is going to be a. I don't think he's doing a mission. I could be wrong on that, but I don't believe he's doing his mission because you don't have to do it right out of high school. Some guys will do it later. Some they'll do it as adults. Manti, Manti didn't do one. Uh. I don't know that Josiah is Kahanu did and we'll see if it works out, but they like him as a player. So why turn down a kid that you like as a player, just because he's going on a Mormon mission when there's a lot of evidence that these kids will go on missions and come back better players, because here's the thing you got to think about for the kids that stick. So when Kahanu Kia is a senior at Notre Dame, he will be in a sixth year. He'll be a grown up. I mean, he'll be 23, 24 years old. 
And that really matters at those physical positions like linebacker and defensive line. And if you like him enough, and here's the thing, it's not about bringing him back for a fifth or sixth year and, and using that. It's just as a fourth-year guy, he'll be 23, 24 years old. I mean, I don't think you're wrong with that. If you think the kid can play, go recruit him. And now you've got to make sure that you feel somewhat good about the kid sticking with you. But, guys, there's been players all over the country, not just at BYU and Utah, that do missions and are successful players. You just got to find the right fit and find the right guys. Iden Benami, honest breakdown of the key of commitment. I should ignore the stars, right? I mean, look, Iden, I, I know what you mean. I'm, uh, I don't think you mean it this way, as if we would not give you an honest breakdown of jo- Josiah Kia. We will always give you an honest breakdown. Here's my honest breakdown of him. I don't really have a strong opinion on Josiah right now because there's just not a lot of film. There's very little highlights available. And a lot of them that are, are like from really far away. I haven't been able to find any game film yet. I just haven't been able to break them down. So I don't have a strong opinion of him. Now, what I do see of him, I see a kid with a nice frame that's got some length and some size to him. He's a pretty good athlete and and is a pretty physical kid for his size. Now, there's just not a ton for me to say, hey, this is a sleeper, guys. Don't you should First of all, you should always ignore stars and just evaluate the player. Uh, but I just don't have enough of him to have a strong opinion one way or the other, and I'm hoping that I can eventually come across some more film. But but here's, here's the thing that I'll say to you. There's two ways to evaluate a kid that I think are better than star rankings for me. And so I'm going to relay some of what I've learned about this young man, that goes beyond star rankings and if you don't have film and one is to talk to people you know and respect and get their opinion and then the other is to look at the offer list and so yes he's a three-star kid but he had a Notre Dame offer who's one of the best defenses of college football done a pretty good job of evaluating players he's got a Texas offer a USC offer an Oregon offer a Washington offer a Utah State a Utah offer a Nebraska offer and that Michigan State, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington State, Cal, BYU, and Vanderbilt. That's a pretty darn good offer list for a kid who's a quote-unquote three-star. It's a very good offer list. And when you look at Notre Dame this, this past season, again, guys, they've recruited linebacker really well under Marcus Freeman. This staff has no problem recruiting top linebackers. So if they're willing to push for and, – and there's a ton of top linebackers in this class – that like Notre Dame a lot. I could list you six or seven guys right now that like Notre Dame a lot, that Notre Dame is in the top three or four with a chance to go get. And even with that being true, they still pushed hard for this kid. And it's not to keep Kahanu. I mean, they like Kahanu Kia. There's no doubt about it. But, like, if he's going to leave because his brother's not coming, then leave. You know, I mean, that, that it's because they like Josiah. There's no doubt they like Josiah. I was speaking with someone the other day who 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 has watched the kids' film, and here's the comments that I got from him. And I because this person is also familiar with uh, his brother, and and so I asked him. I said, um, you know, what do you think of him? He said, look, he's a better player than his brother. He's a money player. He's a pa- he can pass rush. He's he's a lot more twitchy and violent than his brother. And this person thought Kahanu was a really good football player. And and so I've talked to people that I know someone who who's a pretty good evaluator who lives out in Hawaii. And he said the same thing. He's like, this kid's a really good football player. I'm, I'm not as familiar with him as I am other players, but like from what I've seen of this kid, he's a really good football player. 
So right now I'm relying on the offer list and those evaluations for me because I don't have a, and there's things about him. I like he, his, his brief highlights didn't blow me away. Like Manti's did, but again, that's junior film and there's just not a lot of it. And so I just try not to evaluate, uh, to form strong opinions on the kid that I can't do a thorough film evaluation of. And so right now I'm just, until I get that, I'm relying on some other things, evaluations from people I know and respect. And, and then of course, looking at the offer list. So that's the best I can do for you right now on Josiah, just because I, I, I can't, I, then I can't give you an honest thorough evaluation to where I can defend it, uh, because of my evaluation. So like in other times when people get upset about three stars and they're like this, and I'll be like, you guys are crazy or you guys are wrong. I've seen the film. This kid can do this, 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 and this. Or I may say, yep, I don't agree with you because I'm not going that way either where I can say, I don't like this pickup, but it's never about because he's a three stars because of what the film shows. I don't have enough evidence either way. I like what I've seen, but even that is just not a ton. But from what I've heard, from people I respect who are really good evaluators, this kid can play. They love his frame. I know I, 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 you know, I've been told Notre Dame really loves his frame, I should say. And then the offer list is really impressive, really impressive. And so that, that gives me enough identity. And what I would encourage you and everybody else to do that, that doesn't have a lot of film is let's take a step back. Let's evaluate the job that Marcus Freeman has done evaluating linebackers in his tenure so far and say, hey, look, I'm, for now, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now until I have more evidence to, to feel otherwise. I'm going to give Oregon the benefit of the doubt, Washington, USC, Texas, and Nebraska the benefit of the doubt because this kid's got a really good offer list. They didn't go beat Washington State and San Diego State and Fresno and Boise for this kid. They beat Texas. Places he's visited, Texas, USC, Oregon, Washington, those are the schools that they beat for this kid. Uh, to me, without my ability to evaluate it, I, that tells me something. That tells me something. Good, John A1, going into 2024, who is Notre Dame's most physical lineman? Most physical lineman. Oh, boy. Of of what we've seen this year, uh, it, it would either probably either be – no, because see, that would look in 2023 of the guys coming back, it would probably be Shrouth was probably the most physical. Ashton was pretty physical too. But when Billy kicked your butt, he really kicked your butt. He's just got to be more consistent. But I think it's going to be, and, and he wasn't necessarily in the bowl game. It was start one, his true freshman. But I think when we get to the end of 2024, we're going to look back and the answer to this. And my, my prediction, John, is going to be Charles Jagasol. That's who I think it's going to be. I think I think he's got a chance to be a really punishing offensive lineman. All right, question from Brian Sakalowski. Brian with a Y, my man. I dig that. I dig that about you. Dig that about you. There is buzz in my hometown of Omaha right now. The obviously be in Nebraska about Notre Dame. How do you think we stand with Christian Jones? I know Nebraska is not the hotbed for recruiting, but looking good recently. I actually really like Nebraska as a recruiting state. I mean especially for like linemen and linebackers and physical players. You don't get a lot of Xavier Watts from Nebraska, but but they produce a lot of linemen, a lot of linebackers, maybe not highly ranked guys, but yeah, they're producing more. I mean, gosh, Xavier Watts was from there. You know, Carter Nelson's from there. He's a he's one of the freakiest athletes in the country last year. So it's it's definitely getting better. 
where do they stand with, with Christian Jones? They're in a good place. I mean, he is not in decision-making mode right now, as far as we know. Uh, there are other schools on his board, including Nebraska, that he likes a lot. But Notre Dame is in there. He likes Notre Dame a lot. He's been to Notre Dame on a visit before. Obviously, he has a teammate that's committed to Notre Dame. So there's legitimate interest both ways on this one. Is it enough to land him? We'll find out. I mean, there's a long way to go for a lot of these linebacker ones. But he's in the game. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Andrew Gilmore with a question. Thank you, Andrew. And, and very good contributions to the chat today, man. I do appreciate that very, very much. But uh, he asked, why did Brian Kelly fire Mike Denbrock after 2016? Was it fair? Has Denbrock made any philosophical changes since he was last the OC at Notre Dame? So a couple things. Number one, he didn't technically fire him. But he, but Mike Denbrock knew he wasn't going to be able to come back to Notre Dame because Brian Kelly was not going to be allowed to keep his coordinators. And I'll share a story with you about that here in a second. But um, it was he got he left for Cincinnati, but he 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 knew he wasn't going to come back. So technically, he didn't get fired. But uh, so I was told this story. And I don't, I'm just telling you what I was told by somebody very close to the situation. You know, is it true or not? I wasn't there, but this is what I was told. Remember when he fired Brian Van Gorder and he named Greg Hudson as the D coordinator? But we all knew, we all knew that Mike Mike Elston was actually running the show. What I was told is that Brian Kelly told Mike Elston, I can't name you D coordinator because then I can't bring you back next year. If you're not, you know, I like he wasn't going to be allowed to promote from within. This is this isn't Brian Kelly's choice. This is what he was, this is the reality. If he wanted to be back in Notre Dame next year, these are the realities. You're going outside for your coordinator hire. So if if so, if he promoted Mike Elston to D coordinator, then he probably would have to let him go or do a a, a a demotion of him. So even though Mike Elston, for all intents and purposes, was the D coordinator, somebody else had to have the title. And since Mike Denbrock was still considered the you know the the, the in charge of the offense, even though he was not nearly as in charge in 2016 as he was in 2015, the fact is is he was not going to be brought back. Mike Sanford was not going to be brought back because of how bad the season was. Was it fair to Denbrock? No, but there was a lot that wasn't fair to how Mike Denbrock was treated that last year by Brian Kelly that I think um, that I think really hurt that football team, hurt that football team, and then obviously hurt Mike Denbrock because the guy that had the success he had at Notre Dame should not be going to Cincinnati. With all due respect, when you look at where that program was, but that's that's the reality of it. You know, that's the reality of it. All right. Let's see here. I, I, I think this question is for me. Um, Marcher, he put mailbag on it, but I'm not sure. So I'll, I'll answer that here in a few. Andrew Gilmore with another one. How much do you attribute Jaden Daniels' success to, to Mike Denbrock? Daniels won the Heisman and is now a likely first-round pick. What are your expectations for Leonard after a full year with Denbrock? Well, I mean, he's the offensive corner. I, I think he gets a ton of credit. Here's another reason why I give him more credit uh, about this one is um, – He's had success with these type of quarterbacks before. I mean, Jaden Daniels is the third quarterback, the third quarterback that my and Mike Denbrock's been an OC for what nine years. So he had two quarterbacks at Notre Dame in three years, right? He was at Cincinnati for five years and had two quarterbacks, and then he had one quarterback at LSU in his two years. So if you go back and look at this, at what he has done at at, at those different stops. He has had quarterbacks that produced running the football and were effective running the football when he's had it. In in 2017, his first year at Cincinnati, they only had 300 yards and, and four touchdowns at the quarterback position. But the next year, 
his two quarterbacks combined for almost 700 yards and seven touchdowns in 2019. Desmond Ritter had 650 yards and five touchdowns. The backup quarterback had another touchdown that season and had added 35 yards. So you have almost 700 yards uh, that year, 2020. Desmond Ritter runs for 592 yards and 12 touchdowns. That's the first quarterback that ran for for it. Their backup quarterback, Ben Bryant, also rushed for a touchdown that season and 65 more yards. He had over 600 yards rushing that season. 2021, in, in, in uh, Desmond Ritter had six touchdowns. They did not run him nearly as much, and I think that hurt the offense, to be honest with you, and I think part of that was on Desmond. The backup quarterback rushed for two touchdowns and 105 yards. He had 460 yards and eight touchdowns from your – your quarterbacks, and then in year one at LSU uh, this past season, obviously they the they the quarterback ran the ball a decent amount the previous year too, nothing like we saw this year. But even in year one, Jaden Daniels is their leading rusher with 885 yards and 11 touchdowns. He's just at just kind of the, the game he is. And then this year he had 1,100 yards. So the last two years at LSU, he his quarterbacks led the team in rushing. We haven't seen that before, but we have seen quarterbacks rush run a lot. It for him and 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 I would like if you go back and look at like Deshaun Watson in 20 or Deshaun Kaiser in 2015 that that combination of Deshaun and Malik and you look at the production they had for Notre Dame in 2015 like that was a very productive running quarterback room that season Deshaun had 520 yards Malik had 103 yards and only a basic game and a half and that's 623 yards and 10 touchdowns for an offense that threw the ball a lot that year and had you know, two running backs combined for almost a thousand yards. So Jaden has just kind of took it to another level at part of it at a necessity. Number two, because he's a much more natural runner than any of the quarterbacks he's had. He's a much more natural football player than Desmond Ritter. He's a much more instinctive natural runner than Deshaun Kaiser was. And I would argue before Jaden, Deshaun was his best running quarterback. Uh, as far as I don't count Malik because Malik was only there for two, two and a half games, right? The LSU game, the uh he had the texas game and then obviously the virginia game so i, I don't really count malik because malik was never just didn't have a, enough time in that system to be effective but i mean go look what malik did in his first start for mike denbrock he had 22 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown uh for for coach denbrock and then of course had 10 carries for 87 yards in the game against virginia before he got hurt in that game and they didn't need him to run against texas although he, uh didn't he no, that was LSU when he picked up the fourth down. Was against LSU with Malik in 2014. But so I, I attribute a lot of that. So he said, "Well, Joe Sloan. That's what LSU, Joe Sloan. Joe Sloan. Joe Sloan. No, because this is what Mike Denbrock has kind of done everywhere. And you know, we we have talked to some of our sources about about it. And what they'll tell you is Mike Denbrock had a much bigger role than LSU fans are leading on now." And Joe Sloan didn't have the role that people are leading on now that Mike Denbrock had a big role in that. What's I don't know. I have, I'm just telling you what we're told by sources. As far as expectations for Riley Leonard, it's just about how quickly can he can he pick things up mentally. I don't know Riley a whole lot. I don't know what kind of mind he has. I've heard really good things about him. I, I think what he did at at, at uh, what he did at at. at at Duke was was good. It was not a super super complex uh, offense, but it wasn't super easy either. I mean, he had to learn some stuff. So I think I think my expectations for Leonard are he's going to be a really good quarterback this year. I, I, again, I I think he needs to repeat the production he had at, at Duke two years ago from a total offense standpoint. Now, what I could see uh, for for this one, Andrew, is I could see maybe his rushing yards going down like 
couple hundred and they're being added to his his passing yards because like, I don't think Notre Dame needs him to run for 699 yards with 13 touchdowns. Duke needed him to run for that. They have nice running backs, but they don't have the kind of talent at running back that Notre Dame has. It's not really close. They have nice players, but they had two nice players. Actually, they had three nice players at running back, but they're just nice players. Notre Dame has difference makers at running back. So you don't need him. You need him to just be a weapon in certain situations. You need him to pick up, you know, move the chains. You need him to scramble. You may not do as you you may not see as many designed runs with Riley this year that that he had in the past. I definitely don't think you're going to see as many as you had with Jaden Daniels because you just don't need him to. Notre Dame's got a better running back room. They're just in a better situation. And you know, that to me that's 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 my expectation. I think he's going to be a difference maker. Is he going to be a Heisman trophy contending player? I have no idea. And I'm not willing to get into that conversation until after they've beaten a couple of really good teams. But production-wise, playmaking-wise, I think he's going to make a lot of plays. I think he's going to put up really good numbers. Is it going to be championship caliber? Don't know. We'll see. But he's got a potential to be, in my opinion. All right. Next question is from Nicholas Grosh. Would it be possible to explain how Notre Dame deals with or uses NIL? How do other schools use NIL? Well, there's a couple different ways. Number one is the collective, the fund, and essentially players get paid through that uh, as part of their charitable time and how they're handling things academically and things like that. It's just basically, you know, you do this and we'll, we'll take care of you over here. The other way that, that they do it is obviously these a lot of these kids are getting connected with different companies and different platforms that, that are hiring them for endorsements and all those type of things. A lot of companies are reaching out to Notre Dame players. I mean, you don't need to promote it, but there's a lot of those things where Notre Dame is trying its best to do NIL the way it's supposed to be done, which is, hey, you know, we're going to do certain things for you where we're going to take care of you, but then we want to put you in, in contact and get you connected with, you know, through these different outlets in, in, with, with people that are parts of your passion, things that you're interested in, and so that way you can kind of market yourself as well. Um, as far as how getting too deep into it, I, I don't know that I could that I know enough about the the very intricate details, Nicholas, to be able to say this is how they're doing it. But I can give you a general idea. Nathan Mil- Indy Milton fan with a super chat. Thank you, Nathan. What movie title best describes Notre Dame's 2023 offense? Uh, almost famous. Almost famous. That's the one I'm going to use. Whereas the production was really good to where if you could have done better, like imagine if Jared Parker on the last drive against Ohio State when they're they're up, was it 14 to 10? If he calls that drive, in our opinion, better, and they go down and score and put that game away. And let's say he does against Louisville and Clemson what he did against Pitt and Wake and NC State and some of these other schools. All of a sudden, Jared Parker's getting thrust into this where'd this guy come from conversation. Like a Joe, not like Joe Brady, because his numbers were insane. But if if he does those things well, we saw the production in the uh, the, the other nine games. If he if he does better in those games, he goes from what he's thought of now to whew, right. So uh, 
that's the first thing that pops in my head.